0: Uh, Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Hello Mentor Uh, Today's episode was actually recorded via Zoom uh, Because of the movement control order in Malaysia Um, So the sound quality might change a little bit from the usual uh, episode But the conversations are nevertheless still just as interesting Today we're speaking to Hannah Tan. Hannah is a high school dropout who never gave up. She became the first Malaysian to sign a multi-million dollar recording deal in Japan. She's a computer science and IT valedictorian and 4.0 GPA merit scholar, despite multiple health challenges at the time. You may have seen her in TV commercials on Animax, Fox Sports, TV3, and TV78 TV, or on the big screen. Uh, but in this podcast, we'll get to virtually meet. Another fascinating side of Hannah, the introvert who's cried behind closed doors and fought battles many may know nothing about. And with that, let's begin. Hi Hannah, hello. Hi. Hi Derek. <laughs> uh, thanks. Uh, thanks for doing this. Um, I'm, I'm really glad to be able to kind of well, sort of meet you in person, sort of. Yes.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, thank you for trusting me with this um, session.
0: <laughs> yeah, and um, with, with most, with most uh, guests, we, I tend to kind of take some time to warm up to some of the heavier questions. But, um, okay. but I kind of want to jump in because on your bio, on your own <laughs> webpage, <laughs> I read through it and I was like, oh, wow, like you shared a really candid story about your life. You know, mm-hmm. when you were young and
2: yeah.
0: all the, all the, I'm not even sure like challenges is the right word for everything that you actually went through. <laughs> all the mistakes seemed, made,
2: right? All yeah. the <laughs> mistakes, well,
0: <laughs> seems like quite heavy, like quite a lot, right? And, and it starts from how you ran away when you were 16,
2: yeah. you know?
0: Yeah, so uh, I'd love to hear a story Like maybe you can tell a story like oh. kind of what happened there and like, you know, how we kind of built up to where you are today.
1: Um, okay, uh, I, I'm not um, the sort of person that's great with words. Um, as an introvert, I kind of struggle um, articulating my thoughts and sentiments sometimes. Um, so bear with me. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: I'm, well, I'm sure that's not true, but let's I'm not let's a great see.
1: storyteller. <laughs> uh, but, um, okay, uh, yeah, so at the age of, um, well, I, to give you a little bit of a uh, background, my, my dad used to be a pastor. Um, mm-hmm. He worked in a church um, and he came from a very conventional, at that time, a school mm-hmm. of thought um, uh, in terms of theology and and, and, right. and and so it was, we start, well, he's a completely different person. right? I mean, he's, he's changed for the better. Uh, but I remember my dad back then, he was the kind of father that, Christian father that, you know, didn't allow us to listen to secular radio stations oh, okay. or um, TV without supervision. No, no, oh, wow. no talking oh, wow. to boys. And I used to remember um, when my friends used to call me, uh, and you know, when you're a teenager, um, I mean, boys, right? <laughs> they yep, come yeah. into the picture. <laughs> so so my, dad I guess. Always, right. my dad was always very uh, protective in that sense. So, he Mm. said, no boys. Um, And sometimes, you know, some boys would like to uh, call me. um, And my father figured it out. So, Mm. since then, he said that all calls need to be taken on speakerphone. Mm. Um, um,
2: Wow.
1: (laughs) So, uh, yeah. Because back in those days, there wasn't mobile phones and all that. So, people, you you know, call the house phone. There's only one phone in the house, right? The house phone. Mm. And so, initially... um, the, the boys would get the girls to call and say, hi, can I speak to Hannah? And then after that, they'll pass the phone over to the boy. Oh, uh, that was so clever
0: though. <laughs> is that not like your sister or something? Yeah. That <laughs>
1: so my brother outsmart us all. Um, and um, so, yeah, I remember those days where um, the first time, uh, I wasn't allowed to go to parties or, you know, hang out. And my dad was a very hands-on father, he would send me to school um, at the initial stages um, and then he would pick me up. So, he mm. would know who my friends are and he's always on time or early. Mm. Um, so, there's no room for um, anything that is non-compliant by my father's rules. <laughs> mm. mm. And uh, so, I remember the first movie that I ever watched, you know, my friends wanted to go and watch a movie and that time I'm old. Uh the, that that time, uh The Lion King was out.
0: The Lion Oh my god, the Lion a long time ago, yeah.
1: I know, yeah. Okay. that kind of that kind of <laughs> <that kinda laughs> reveals my age kinda my age. But uh so Lion King was out and I told Dad that I, I really wanted to go and watch the movie then he said okay mm. And um, so I was excited, you know, first time I get to go out with my friends or hang out. Uh, but you know what? He he, he he took me there and he sat at the back of the cinema, right? So I, I wasn't actually, you know, with my friends. <laughs> so mm. my dad was supervising us the whole way. So that's the kind of wow. father um, I grew up with. Um, he was very strict. And because he was working in a church, I spent most of my time in church, right? Um, mm. And that was, that was my life. And I didn't know what the world outside was. So, uh, in secondary school, I started um, going on a school bus. Mm. And in the school bus, you know, the bus driver would play radio and stuff like that. So, I'll listen to all sorts of other different types of music. And I'll mix around with, you know, different kids, you know, from different schools. Because the, the school bus would pick them all up. And there'll be boys. And, you know, so it's like, um... um It was a whole new, different world for me. And and, and I was always very curious um, about, you know, the things that my friends got to do that I didn't get to do. Mm. And I joined the athletics team. Um, I had very short legs, but surprisingly, I was able to run fast (laughs) enough to make it to the state team. Um, And then then, um, I joined the state team and there was training every day. And I met a boy... Uh, was when I was 16, right? I met a mm. boy um, from the same team representing Penang, the state of Penang, um, mm. MSSM, mm. The, the, the National um, Sports Championship. So mm. I was in, a sprinter and his father was our coach.
2: Okay.
1: So I, I, we train like every day, a week. So mm. I spent a lot of time um, with him. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and my father kind of figured it out. So during trainings, he would sit Uh, under the tree (laughs) and Uh just train, right? So that I wouldn't be up to no good. Um, So I turned out to be quite a rebellious child because I was always trying to defy or challenge his status quo. Mm. Um, You know, I was always asking, you know, why can't I do this? Why can't I do that? Why, 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 why do we have to do it this way? Why? You know, I was asking a lot of questions and I think, um, I was very selfish as, as, as a person and as a child. And I was always thinking, you know, why can't I do this? And and, and I was, I thought that, you know, my, my dad was was being really unfair. So mm-hmm. um, so there came, came a point at time where um, he said, you know, you're not gonna be able to see this boy anymore. And um, I can't remember the details exactly of what happened. Um, but at that time, if I'm not mistaken, um, he alluded to the fact that um, I, I had, like, spiritual problems.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> um,
1: so, it was something that I, I, I couldn't accept. I know right. my dad was coming from a place of love and he was being protective. And, right. you know, parents just want the best for their kids. Um, and he didn't want me to mix around with the wrong crowd. Mm. Uh, but at that time I you know I didn't think of it that way. I always saw mm. it as though my dad was just trying to be mean and mm. uh, so mm. um, there was one day where um, I was uh, punished as in I was asked to go to my room and uh, to study right and, and I, something had happened that day that I wasn't happy about and i felt i felt i felt as though i was being jailed or i was living in a in a prison because Mm. there was so many things that i couldn't do and so this rebellious you know 16 year old at that time you know i said i'm just gonna run away from home so Mm. what i did was um at that time there was uh we lived in a terrace house and the bottom room was where the study table is. Um, my uncle used to live in that room, but he had moved out uh, subsequently. And when he was living with us, he had um, one of those big, uh, there was an air, con- air conditioning, um, you know, those big air conditioning right. faces. Right. So when he left, right. that was taken out. So there was, was like a hole in the wall, wall is it? It was being uh, screwed on with a, like a plywood, right? I see. The okay. Hole. Right. So, um, so what I did was I unscrewed
2: the, uh-huh.
1: the, it uh-huh. out, and well. I just climbed out of the hole. Stupid girl, right? Uh, climbed out, <laughs> and I just ran away with nothing. Not even thinking or planning, which wasn't very bright, right? I I should have like taken some stuff with me. And I ran to my right. boyfriend's house. <laughs> yeah. um, so in my mind, you know, this was the guy I was going to marry. And mm,
0: mm, mm. You <laughs> man, well, I can imagine at that age, right? That's what, you know.
1: That was my like world, right? world. My world was yeah. so small. So yeah. looking back, I mean, thinking about all these things, I mean, with, 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 with a better perspective um, and with age, you know, you kind of reflect and, and think like, what was I thinking back then? You know, but mm. that, that was the mind of a, of a very sheltered sixteen-year-old who who really. I think it was more of um, I was a very emotional child, and 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 that was my first um, instinct. You know that I didn't want to do this anymore. You know I was rebellious, mm. and I just wanted to, to show my parents that you know I, I'm not going to conform to this. So so I ran away from home, and then. Life began that moment. I realized how difficult it was um, to stay alive. First, to feed yeah. yourself, you know, to to kind of crawl through life. But the thing was that I was not only rebellious, but I was proud, too mm. proud, too much pride in me that I I didn't want to go back and go back home and say I'm sorry and you know help me. I didn't, I didn't, I had too much pride in me to, to, to crawl back to my parents or family. And because of my actions, I think, I mean, I caused them a lot of grief, Right. And even my two younger sisters. And it took many years, many, many years to, for us to heal and move on from that. Um, but.
0: So, so you is, never quite went back. Is that right? Like you. you... I,
1: I, I never went back. Um, so, uh, uh, that was the day I quit school, I guess, because I never went back to school. Um, so that was when I was in Form 4 and, uh, I was a pure science student and, um, I think I know my parents would have felt that they, they sacrificed so much for me and I just threw Mm. it all away in just that one Mm. silly thought. Um. <laughs> wow, that, so, that's yeah. quite
0: a story <laughs> and, and and it sounds like, I mean, how much do you think Because uh, you described your, your father at the time as uh, Maybe you're this young girl that he was being overprotective with yep. And, you know, and, and it came from a place of love but, but how much of that overprotection you think contributed to that pushback? All right, Because like, it sounds like, like you kind of crossed the line You, you just, mm. just went overboard and it yes. just changed you, right, completely. You had the almost opposite effect, right? Um,
1: you know, I always, well, now, I, I, I come to think of it, it's, it's the extremes that magnify the personality within or It's the extremes that magnify what is actually true in every situation or in every person. Like, if we look at the recent uh, pandemic mm. um, it, it was the extremes that that really kind of magnified how how well our adaptability as human beings um those who were mentally or you know they they they, they were you know they they I can't find the right words but those who are ready to brace such a situation, people that are meant to thrive mm. in extreme situations, they will do even better, mm. but you mm. know certain businesses that weren't able to adapt, you mm. know it was just a matter of time but 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 but, but the extremes in, in this mm. pandemic this year actually mm. just um, sort of fast forwarded that process i'm not sure if that makes sense
0: right right, yeah, yeah, so so basically, I suppose like you were always going to be um, you know, however,
2: defiant. Yeah.
0: yeah, defiant, you know, yeah. the, the adult that you are now. Yeah. But, and I that <laughs> moment, well, I, th- I suppose the moment you crawled out of the hole in the wall <laughs> where the aircon <laughs> used to be, that was quite something. Uh, like, I'm not yeah. sure if I would do that, like, at that age. Uh, but that is, that kind of shows your personality. Um, yeah. and, 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 oh, so, oh, you never went back to school and you just left. So how do you kind of sustain your life at the time?
1: Um, So I went to my uh, boyfriend's house um, at that time. Mm. And his parents were kind enough to take me in. Okay. Uh, And uh, they fed me and I stayed with him for a while. Mm. Obviously, I couldn't do that long term. Mm. And um, I remember a year later, I can't, I can't recall the exact details but I remember Mm. having a conversation with my mom I'm not mistaken Mm. I had the courage to call back and she Mm. said that you know you no matter what it is if you don't want to come back it's okay but you need an education and somehow rather you must try and find a way to take SPM as a private candidate because Mm. that is that's the that's the basics of what will get you through life and education at the very least. And I I remember telling my mom that because she said, you know, go back to school. And I said, uh, no, because I would be so embarrassed because they have gone to my school. Right. And, um, Mm. everybody knows what happens. And at that time I was actually a prefect in school and, um, doing all the things that, you know, my dad really wanted me to do. Um, so he's a typical Chinese father that, you know, mm. typical Chinese father that you know, will push us to study hard, to get good grades and to be top of the class. And, you know, when I was young, teaching me mathematics, he would teach me mathematics with a mm. Um, So there's very little margin for error in my mind at that time as a child. And I was hesitant to go back to school because... I knew that if I go back to school, I'll be humiliated, right? That was, you know, I, I, I knew I did something wrong. And when mm. you do something wrong, you, you, you will be, you will stand in shame, <laughs> right? That, that, mm. That's the rule. That's, mm. that's, that's the, the rule, right? Um, and so I didn't go back to school. But um, mom said, you know, try, if you don't want to go back to school, it's okay. See if you can take your exams as a private candidate. Um, and then I was like, you know, I was in science stream uh, and I, I didn't go for classes. (laughs) I don't even know if I can even pass. I don't know Mm. what's going on. And Mm. so she said, just go, you know? Um, so I enrolled. Um, I got, um, I was placed in a a random school. So I did all the examinations and miraculously, yeah, miraculously, I, um, I got through it, SPM, mm. uh, with a great one. And mm. that got me an entrance scholarship to study a technical degree in a local college. But the catch mm. was, it was just an entrance scholarship. So what I needed to do every semester was to re-qualify mm. um, for that scholarship. Otherwise, mm. I'd be drop out. Um, oh, and obviously, okay. I don't have money to pay.
0: Yeah. So...
1: Um, so I did a computer science degree, um, completely mm. some, something that I didn't want to do. I want to do business, marketing.
0: R- right, like right.
1: But uh, I ended up with a computer science uh, course. And um, the, so... Is the, it because the, they,
0: they assigned the course to you?
1: Yes, yeah, so at that time, oh, okay. back in those days, computer science was, was the forward going, um, mm. well, the, the way to go, apparently.
2: Mm. Mm. Um,
1: and everything was, you know, about computers and, 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 and there was a, a higher demand for people in that field, IT. Mm. So I think um, they said, okay, um, you are given one semester scholarship to, to study. So every, every semester you need to requalify qualify uh, the GPA of uh, 4.0. You need to be mm. active in extracurricular activities and do the whole works. Uh, so I thought, huh, quite impossible because I have to work nine to five to, as uh, without, a, without um, um, a, a, a diploma or degree, my starting pay was 900 ringgit. Mm. I, I worked as an administrative staff in the college. So mm. I did uh, all the typing and then part-time I would work for um, a law firm. Um, mm. I do typing, type the affidavits and stuff like that. And then in in college, there was this tutor mentorship uh, program. Um, so I, my results were good enough to tutor other people. And what I would also do was do assignments for my seniors. That mm. I would get money that way. And um,
0: <laughs>
1: And then um, where do you find like, time to study? I, I I didn't sleep at all. Like every day, I would uh, I would average two to three hours of sleep. Some days there's no sleep at all. But I think when you're young back then, you know, and you're hungry and you're desperate, I think you don't really think so much. You just go on and just, just just go with the flow and just things just, you don't really think so much. And then you realize, oh, I haven't slept in so many days. Right. But um, I think what kept me going was that hunger because I, I didn't have money and, I was tired of being poor, but I knew that I I I just need to get this degree, mm. and it was tough because I was taking night classes. I'm working mm. nine to five, so yeah. I. But thankfully, the, the the classes and the place that I work is in the same place. Um, mm. weekends, I would teach uh, music. My my you know b- thankfully because of my dad, you know he was so kiasu. He made me do piano. And um by the age of whatever, I, I had already completed my diploma before I ran uh-huh. away from home. So uh-huh. I had that to 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 earn some money through teaching. So
2: mm.
1: if my dad wasn't kiasu enough to push us, you know, with the Rotan and the piano there, then I wouldn't mm. have I wouldn't have mm. that to fall back on. So, mm. Mm. so it was I remember so many odd jobs, um, and then the full time job and the night classes and the assignments and so I, I almost had a nervous breakdown when I was in college, you know, trying to juggle all this and, and, and I was still in that relationship with the guy.: Oh really, right. Oh, I see. <laughs> OK.
0: <laughs> wow, That's like a, That's a teenager's version of. Love again. <laughs> so but, um, yeah.
1: yeah, so life in, in actuality started that early for me, and, yeah. and I was immersed in, in, in the whole system, the ecosystem of, you know, um, trying to, 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 to live up to society's expectations of possessing a paper qualification, mm. uh, trying to, you know, meet all the requirements so that I could continue my course every semester, mm. um, and just I I think you know just 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 trying to live another day and just just survive. So I didn't really mm. think much about oh you know, is it something I can do or not? There was no fear in me because I didn't have time to think, evaluate, assess, and do all these things that today typically when you make a decision you you process that you you know the thought mm. process that you go through in in a human brain. Yeah. So at that time it's just oh I can make money from here. I do this. Oh, this is something I can make money from. I do this. So I remember what it was like to be hungry because, you know, I, I didn't really, I didn't have money to buy even my textbooks in college. So I would go to the library and try to research. And um, and while most of my friends would say that college was the best time of their lives, you know, before they started working, or, um, it, was, it was tough. Uh, and... I remember every at the end of every semester I would go and run to the notice board to see if, uh, what my grades are because I knew that if it wasn't a 4.0 I couldn't
0: you would lose your scholarship
1: Exactly right. that was it for me right Um so it's quite nerve-wracking at the end of every semester and it's quite a but story, like, yeah. miraculously I'm not the brightest child or Person or human being uh, and but miraculously I I, I I got through it, and uh, at the end of, of 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 the the whole course, um, the college awarded me college valedictorian and and it wasn't even something that I was pursuing or chasing because I was just so you know just wanted to get through every semester um, mm. and so I realized that you know, flashback all these times that it was it was a miracle after a miracle after a miracle after a miracle every semester. Sometimes mm. I would have very little money to eat and I would, you know, I live on instant noodles, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
1: and I, I remember what it was like to be literally hungry. And so when people buy me a meal or my colleagues bought some bread for me, I'd be so happy. And every time someone bought me a meal, I would just stuff myself because I didn't know when I was going to eat like that again.
2: Mm.
1: And I think that hunger, physical hunger and, 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 and that hunger to just do better and, and, and not be poor again was, was what was the catalyst that drove me to, to, to try so many different things um, in that decade. And mm. beyond. Mm. Um, did you, so did it, you
0: look at it from a long term view? Like is it like do you have some sort of vision or is it oh, mostly driven by short term kind it was of very
1: short term? It was just survive one semester. Survive semester, yeah. Yeah, I have enough to eat this week, um, until the end of the month when my paycheck comes in, I have enough to you know pay my rent, um mm. uh, and yeah, it was uh, renting a, a small room. Uh, Mm. And I would walk I didn't have a car So I walked to to work Um, Mm -hmm. And um, There were some I met some people that You know Were in a band And they happened to be From a church band right So Mm. And then they introduced me To this church So I went there And it was a good community Because you know They would feed me And you know So to me I was just like thinking Okay I've got people to Kind of like You know talk to, or mm. uh, they were all adults, right? So, mm. I, um, I think, come to think of it, there was, there was so many things I learned from that, that, that chapter, um, mm. which I would, I would say was one of the, 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 the most challenging chapters of my life, but that right. was what would prepare me mentally um, for and physically and everything else for the next chapter to come. Um, yeah. so I thought that was bad but you know but 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 I realized that it wasn't actually bad. I I gained so much from that. Mm-hmm. And because it's, it's 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 in desperation that we move out of our comfort zones. If I were yeah. to have no discomfort, uh, no pain, nothing, then I wouldn't grow because who wants to move out of comfort zone? Who wants to be mm. uncomfortable? But that discomfort is that we feel, that's called growth. Mm. And I realized that, hey, okay, I learned this, I learned that. Uh, I learned so many other things that people, the, the kids my age, didn't get, to, didn't get the opportunity to learn. Mm.
2: Um, mm.
1: So I saw that eventually as um, that was a blessing in disguise. Obviously, back in back at that time, you, you know, probably hated it, right? I said, <laughs> I used to ask, you know, I said, God, I mean, if you're there, you know, why me? Why do you let me go through this? And, yeah, I mean, God must probably be looking down at me and say, you chose this, and you ran away from it. <laughs> but God, you know, have to think of it. It was one miracle, one miracle after another, and 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 there was. It felt as though there was something. Oh, there was something bigger, uh, mm. something divine that was helping me through each obstacle, mm. you know. Um, someone looking out for me. Mm. So, so,
0: sometimes I think the, uh, the hardship kind of you can really see the strength of the human spirit uh, in some way, right? And then, and then it forms your like the foundation, I suppose, for your life in some yeah. sense, right? So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you say it's like a blessing in disguise like if you look back it feels like a blessing and yeah. and I think a lot of times um, you know when some some people are going through a hard time I try to yeah. tell them like, oh, number one it will pass and number two <laughs> you know um, when you get through this right you will find every time when you look back you're like oh I'm glad that happened very often it's like because this happened yeah. therefore exactly. you know I'm like this or I'm like yeah. that you know
1: yeah yeah Um, what I've eventually learned to do was, um, you know, we go through different character building seasons in life and in Mm. in every major character building season, you have the small daily challenges or the weekly or seasonal challenges like, uh, you know, dealing with colleagues or um, bosses or things at work or in families or marriages, relationships, you know, Mm. full spectrum, right? So what I've Mm. learned to do was with every challenge, Um, I I, I open a notepad um, on my phone and I I label it and I write down um, the sentiments, how I feel and the details of whatever I can remember. You know, this person did this to me and I feel this way because this is And I'm so uh, frustrated because this, this, this is. And I put down everything. I just export my thoughts um, gradually. And I also... Uh, learned below that to write down you know what is this trying to teach me?
2: Mm.
1: you know what is this person trying to teach me? what is this scenario trying to teach me because by identifying that at the earlier stages um, it would when when it happens again because life gives us what we need most practice in, so we will keep meeting the same type of people that annoy us or the same type of bosses you know uh, or Actually, life stresses are caused by human beings. I'm sure you agree. Mm. <laughs> it's oh, not yeah. a workload, right? It's the people. Yeah. So, yeah. so you keep encountering the same type of personality of people, a profile of people, until they no longer become a problem to you. That means mm. you have learned how to right. work with them. Right. Um, so that's when, when they no longer become a problem to you. It just shows you that you're, you're getting better and better and better at managing them or managing you know that that relationship or that environment and then you level up right Right. life gives us what we need most practice in so the sooner we realize what this chapter is teaching us the sooner Mm. we can identify it and the sooner we can level up because um when we're in the middle of a storm uh Mm. where we we, we get very emotional it's it's just part of human beings right we get emotional um Mm. but when we were emotional um the emotions will overpower our intelligence, mm. and you realize that the most rational people, or the smartest people, won't be able to think straight when mm. they're heartbroken. Or
0: mm. you know. mm. <laughs> mm. I mean, we are human after all, so yeah. Exactly. Right?
1: So, so having something that's there when you've panned down everything, when you've exported all these things, when you are, you know, when you're not emotional, you do that. Having this. Um, it's something for us to go back to when we're emotional. We can't think, right? So we refer mm. that to remind us why we're in this scenario, why we're in this season, and what can we learn from it. So we remind ourselves that, hey, actually, this is what it's trying to teach me, patience. You know, it's trying to teach me um, you know, this, this, is that. So mm. we may not, it, it won't go away immediately because something my husband said recently is, Practice makes permanent. So, mm. the thing that we keep doing is what will set the foundation. Uh, uh,
3: mm.
1: Every, I mean, in our lives. So, right. um, so, so, so the idea is okay. So, if you are having, for example, having issues with your colleagues at work or this boss. You know, you mm. you still have to go to work, right? So mm. today, you know, this boss will irritate you so much, and then you're like, ah, oh, I want to quit, right? You mm. go back home, you. You, you pen it down. Then you, you realize, okay, this, this is trying to teach me tolerance or sometimes peace is better than being right, you know. Peace is always better than being right. Uh, mm. Then the next day you go to work and you, you look at it in the morning. Um, okay, this is what it's trying to teach me. Focus on this. And boss will irritate you, but it will irritate you less today because it will suddenly click like, ah, oh, right. This is what it's trying to teach me. So you're trying to coach yourself. Mm. Into not letting the situation bother you as much as yesterday. So the idea is mm. to do it better every day, to do better every day, mm. not to get over it instantaneously, but mm. to do it better every day. So you mm. practice and with mm. repetition comes ease, right? Mm. So practice mm. makes permanent. We just need to be very consistent. Um, mm. If you're, 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 you're consistent with, you know, your workouts, you know, you get the six pack ads. Uh, yeah. You're consistent with how you, uh, you know, you, 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 you live life. Um, then mm-hmm. you, you, you achieve what you wanna achieve. Mm. So it's not about mm. doing the big things but aiming to do better than yesterday. So I always mm. tell myself, twenty four hours at a time. Um, it's it's easier to break it down to twenty four hours, more manageable mm. because tomorrow has its own worries, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Worry about today. Um, yeah. don't think about yesterday because today has yeah. enough worries of its own. And yeah, um, yeah I think I'm yeah, I, too much.
0: Yeah, no, I, I love <laughs> I love that. Like I, I picked up so many things like, for example, I love when you say that like, practice makes permanent. And I think one of the things is if you do something consistently, right, a lot of times it becomes a habit. And when it becomes a habit, it's just autopilot after that. You don't even feel like you're making an effort anymore yeah, because it's right. just part of you,
2: exactly. right? Yeah. And,
0: and, and the other point that you made, which I think a lot of people don't realize is that sometimes when a problem occurs or, or, um, or you're facing a problem, like you don't realize that in some sense it's also a reflection of you. Like you have this problem because of how you are. And 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 if you're not changing or kind of trying to improve yourself in some way, the problem will keep coming.
2: Yeah. Right? You're right, you're right. Right? You're right? It's
0: like it's like yourself, you know. And and not everyone will look at the same thing and see it as a problem.
2: Yep, so it is
0: right. right. So like that that self-realization thing is quite important. Mm. You know, like you say, like, you know, some people are maybe they're always meeting the wrong kind of boss or they're always hired by the wrong kind of company, whatever <laughs> it is, like, or they're always yeah, dating yeah. the wrong person. Yep,
3: yeah, yep, yeah, like, yeah.
0: You know, like so it's, it, yeah. and it's also because like, maybe for some reason you're attracted to this kind of person yeah, right. when you shouldn't be, right? Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, like yeah. what you say, you know, we stop attracting certain people when we heal the parts of us that once needed them or yeah. once needed those situations. So, yeah, I like that.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and you keep a journal, is it? So, you write, you, uh, like, do you write every day on the journal? Like, what
1: um... Whenever I can, but I I make it a point. Um, uh, so I, I'm the least disciplined person. At <laughs> uh, least uh, I'm very inconsistent. Uh, so it is something that I have to consistently work on. Right. This <laughs> makes permanent. Right. I'm practicing to be consistent, consistently consistent. So um, uh, journaling is not something I enjoy. Um, Writing is not something I enjoy, uh, but mm. I realize that when things get rough, mm. you need something to fall back on because you can't depend on people uh, to 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 um, to baby you or to mm. to 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 feed your self pity or you know all these things. You 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 have you um, those that believe in God, they turn to God. Uh, but otherwise you know you you are your best mentor um, and nobody knows better than you because nobody will understand the pain that you're going through and the challenges nobody can fully comprehend what's going on in your life right now at this very moment and how difficult it is how challenging it is you can try and tell someone like oh today I had a bad day but you know and then and then people give you advice because out of love they try to help you but Sometimes advice is not what we want, right? We just want mm. someone to understand and, 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 and kind of empathize with us. But mm. Mm. nobody will understand better than you. So mm. um, so instead of saying nobody cares about me or cares for me, you know, you have to care for yourself first and mm. help yourself first. And, 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 and this is how we can help ourselves because we need one part of us to be rational. Mm. But... As a human being, when we are emotional, we are not in control. Mm. Emotions are controlling us, um, yeah. and it's easier said than done. You know, they say you know, control your temper, control your emotions. But it, you know, there's a proverb that says that it is easier to conquer a city than for someone to control his anger, mm. his temper. Mm. So, even something as simple as that, you know, if it's so, if it's so difficult then if it's so easy then everyone can do it so
0: yeah yeah, yeah. Are, there, are there different ways you think someone can let's say they're in um, that kind of emotional state yep right and 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 sometimes you're probably not aware like right, that yeah. you're in that emotional state so yep. are there any particular techniques that you have that, uh, or, or habits or practices that you have that is helpful if you catch yourself in this mm, kind of mm, state
1: mm. Um, I've learned that the best thing you can do um, is uh, not do anything. Oh, not okay. make any decisions in an emotional state. Um, when you feel that you're angry or when you feel... When you start a sentence by, I feel, or when, <clears> you know... That is the worst time to, to, to make any decisions. That's the worst time to react. That's the worst time to say anything. That's the worst time to do anything. So just, I realized that you just... do You know, be quiet. <laughs> Be quiet. Right. And because it's, it, it's like a, a storm, right? Mm. The storm is ongoing, but in the eye of a storm, it's always calm. You need to mm. find that eye of a storm. Uh, mm. It's easier said than done because if you tell an angry person, be calm, they're going to just punch you in the face, right?
2: Mm. <laughs> <So> <laughs> you have to tell yourself to do, I said this. <laughs>
1: yeah. So the best thing to do is not do anything. Just,
2: mm.
1: just, 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 you know, um, uh, uh, take a step out of the room if you're in a meeting and you, you know, things get fiery, take a mm. step out, you know, just break the, the break, break the pattern, uh, get a glass of water, go to the toilet, you know, just, you know, that, that, that's why some people listen to music. It, it just takes the mind off. You know, some people uh, go back to their notes and say, okay, why, why is this? So it just mm. needs someone to remind you, like someone to poke mm. you and say, hey, yeah. it's okay, it's okay. Um, mm. you know, and and a lot of times where when we are in the heat of a situation, we we, we we can't see very clearly because we've got the wrong goggles on. And you know, like Google Maps, when you search for a place, right? Yeah. Um, uh, you find the place and then you want to, you zoom out. Yeah. And you see, oh, this is in which area, which jalan is this, how to get there. And then you zoom out again. Mm -hmm. Um, and you see, okay, KLCC is in in the KL City Centre area, you zoom out and you see Klang Valley and you zoom out, you see Peninsula, Malaysia, and you zoom out again, you see Malaysia and you zoom out. So it's about zooming out and seeing Mm -hmm. it from a bigger perspective. And when you take yourself out of that, then you begin to see things um, from very different perspective uh, instead of just that one-dimensional or, this person is against me and the whole world is out to get me. Um, I don't deserve this. So mm. zooming out helps to create a different perspective. And we are able to look at things from a very different perspective. That's why mm. they say maturity, right? Because with age, you know, you make a lot of mistakes and you begin to see things from different perspectives and, and, and you you form different conclusions. Mm. Um mm. So then you realize that it's not just about you, the world doesn't revolve around you, and, and mm. there's always um, what you think is important today may not mm. mean anything down the, the line. So, um, so this, you know, this so, 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 so take it one step at a time uh, and just disconnect yourself from that situation and, and, and try to, 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 to separate the emotions. That's mm. why some of the best leaders are. The ones that people that are able to make good decisions because they are mentally more calm and quiet Mm. up here, Mm. because when Mm. you listen to too much noise, then
2: Mm.
1: you get confused. But the best, you know, leaders I've met, um, they're all generally relatively calm people uh, because they, they, they don't get so worked up with the nitty gritty. They look um, at things from a bigger perspective, and they're able to see beyond, um, and that's what makes a good leader. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 not letting their emotions dictate how they treat other people, how they react. So they're not reactive, but they mm-hmm. respond. They're responsive mm-hmm. um, in, in in times of adversity. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's that's something that I I'm learning. Um, practice makes yeah. permanent, right? I, I have a long way to yeah. go, but. Uh, yeah, I've got very gracious people
0: around me. So <laughs> oh, that's that's very good. And um there's this one other thing I was really wanting to ask yep. you. I was also we picked it up from your bio, like you did oh. share a lot, right? <laughs> and then you said that um, you know, there was a time in your life when you're going through like a toxic relationship. Uh mm. I, I think, you know, there was like a tumor you know, in your in the nerve of your brain and you're like, you know, you require surgery for like, you know, some cyst and all that, right? And and can you kind of describe like, how this entire episode unfolded and, and, and how you manage this, I suppose, emotionally, like right, how you pick yourself up? I know you shared some of the, the techniques that are useful just now, but this seems like really, really, <laughs> this least not so easily resolved by just sitting still. Uh. <laughs> I understand.
1: Yeah, yeah how, yes, how was you're... that
0: for you? Yeah.
1: Um... I remember that, uh, I can't remember, I, was it 2007 or 2008? Um, so, uh, I was running, I started a software development company and, and, and I was pursuing that and I was always wondering, you know, what's the next thing forward? Mm. Uh, what's next? You know, how can I make more, do more and just I want to do more, you know, I just want to stay here and and at that time, yeah to 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 make the additional income. I was doing some things in the entertainment line that was never a full-time job for me, but as when the jobs came in, I would take them and at that time, anime was um, up and coming in this part of uh, this part of well, Southeast Asia and Animex was looking for an ambassador. So, I, eventually, I don't know how, but I became the first ambassador for Animex, um, an anime channel. Mm. And, and then I started doing research on, because I knew nothing about anime. So, I started doing research on anime. Mm. Research on the Japanese entertainment industry, mm. uh, the Japanese creative industry. And at that time, you know, it was becoming a big thing because Prada was designing clothes for anime. And everything was from the west was pointing to the east. Um, before that, you know, we were always looking to them, the U.S. You know, what's new? You know, what are the Americans doing? But this time, there was a, I noticed there was a shift, um, and 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 it was going that way towards the east and Japan. And so I was uh, intrigued. Uh, a, a Japanese friend of mine was working in Malaysia. Said that you know there's an uh, event that needed a. Um, Someone to host in English, so that got me an entrance to Japan. So I went to Tokyo, um, did that gig. It was for D1 Drift, and I got to see a very different side of the world, um, a different, uh, different way of how people do things, and that intrigued me. Mm. And I was like thinking, how can I get myself into this market? You know. Mm. Um, but I wasn't Japanese, I didn't speak Japanese. Um, and being young and fearless at that time, what I decided to do was I said, ha, huh, I'm going to write a proposal, I'm going to do elevator pitches to all the uh, CEOs of um, the major record labels um, and see if they would take this Malaysian girl in, you know, because um, I realized that I didn't have the expertise to go in on a corporate level, but maybe mm. entertainment level. You know, I I I can't sing to save my life. I can carry a tune, but I thought, okay, maybe this could be it, right? Mm. Um, so I that's what I did, you know. I I I drew up um, business plans. I didn't you know how to write business plans, right? So going Google what's a business plan. You know how to <laughs> do cash flow and projections and all that. So. So I did that and I spent uh, about a year and a half or two years going back and forth. Um, and I failed, right? Because I didn't get a contract. I failed to get a contract. Mm. And there was a lot of obstacles along the way. Um, but then after that, that two years ended and I I, 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 I realized that, hey, you know, maybe I'm wasting my time. Maybe this mm. is just not for me. Um, and then I got a call mm. uh, from this Japanese independent Japanese record label that said mm. that, "Hey, are you that Malaysian girl that wants to debut in Japan? Mm. Uh, we want to sign you up." Mm. And the best part is, uh, whatever I've been doing in Malaysia, I get to keep a hundred percent of it. Mm. And, and and because when you sign contracts um, in in Japan or, or a global uh, record label or management company, they they take ownership of. Everything across the board, um, mm. your namesake, um, copyrights, and everything else. So, mm. so I wasn't prepared to do that. But then, so, so this, this, you know, Japanese record label said, you know, on your terms. So I was like, am I dreaming? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they said, <laughs> your requirement is you need to come to Japan. Within six months, you need to learn to read, write, speak Japanese, basic Japanese. Um, so I didn't think about it, but um, if I did, then I would have said, "Oh, it's too tough, you know, too, you know, too difficult." But I, I didn't think about it because I was, I wanted it more than I feared it. Does that make mm. sense? Yes. So I packed my bags and moved my entire life to Tokyo, mm. and I was working uh, seven days a week, uh, and every day I would also go for classes, Japanese classes, mm. um, because you know, I had that requirement to fulfill. Uh, So, extremes push us to do amazing things. Mm. Um, So, what I got from that was I learned Japanese, right? And Yeah. Immersed in it. It was tough because it was a culture that was very, rather, still to date, uh, quite chauvinistic. Um, So, it was something that I wasn't really used to. Uh, You know, to leave my, my room, I had to tell my my, my, my handler, um, there was no such thing as personal space and all these things, which I learned, you know, that was the way (laughs) that global management companies in, um, that part of the world operated. Um, so I learned all these things and, uh, and it was, it was, it was tough because there was, I felt like I couldn't express myself, um, Mm -hmm. And and, and everything was dictated, like, you sing like this, you sing Mm. this song, you sing like Mm. this, Mm. and this is what you do, this is how you stand, this is what you Mm. say, this is how you Mm. sit. Right. And it was very restrictive. Um, And wow, it it, it took a lot of humility Mm. to conform. Uh, But that was a cultural thing that I had to respect and I learned. Um, so what what I, I had gone through in college, you know, those those uh, sleepless nights and and just you know learning to pick up things and 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 being quick to learn on your feet was the foundation of of, of Japan uh, yeah. that kept me going in Japan. And the every day I used to cry, and at that time I had you know somewhat reconciled with my family, and I used to Skype with mom and dad, you know. As I want to come back, you know, I, I, I I don't know why I did this. And why am I, you know, doing all this? And the mom said that, um, you know what, you hold the dreams of so many Malaysians in this opportunity. And so many people would die to be in your position. Mm. Um, so don't squander it based on your momentary feelings. Mm. And then it, made me realize that I was just being very selfish just because I felt like oh I'm being I'm so exhausted, I can't breathe because you know I'm being watched every moment of the day. Um, doesn't doesn't justify me just throwing everything away just because of how I feel. Mm. Um, so feelings have to be isolated. I, I learned that compartmentalizing mm. and, and and making it unpersonal. Right. So this is your job. This is what you've been assigned to do. This is what you've been entrusted to do. Do it to the best. Do it to the best of your ability. Always exceed expectations and more. Um, mm. Because when you become overcommitted, that's when the magic happens, right? Mm. Um, so at that time, I was also in that uh, relationship. And um, I, I found out that, um, well, I thought I was going to marry this guy. Um, mm. I thought he was perfect, but (laughs) I guess no human being is perfect. Um, There was, uh, um, I was dealing with, um, I don't know how I should say, uh, infidelity, uh, different types of, I mean, it was, I don't know how to explain it, articulate it, but um, it felt as though my heart was being torn, (laughs) <laughs> into pieces again and again and again But I wasn't willing to let go And I just right. I was just still under the illusion That this person is perfect um, And uh, even though You know, things yeah, evident, yeah. Evidently it wasn't And It's, it's, um, it's not the I same
0: to... person, right? Is it the same person? No, it's
1: not the same
0: No, person. no, no it's Okay, right, right, right
1: Yeah, and um we came from a very uh, different background culturally mm. Uh, mm. as well. Uh, right. Ethnicity, uh, religion. And, right. and And, and, and with all that intertwined and all the things that were going, that I found out was going on back home,
2: all
1: uh, mm. uh with different people and, mm. and it, it was, I guess it was, it was, it wasn't something that I, I thought I could manage and it was that same year actually before I went to Japan I, I was diagnosed of chronic pharyngitis before mm. I went to Japan for a scene career I found out that I, I my there was an infla- it's an inflammation of the pharynx okay um so what happens is I had been living with a perpetual sore throat I, I never knew right. why right um and the, was, the
0: pharynx are part of the throat, is it? I'm not. I'm not yeah, good in biology. Yeah, yeah. So, so, <laughs> right,
1: so it's okay. like I, I, would wake up every day with a sore throat, and um, I, see. I would have a, I live with a sore throat, and it's whether it's worse or not so bad. Mm. So then, when they did a scope down my throat, the specialist said that your throat looks like a chronic smoker's throat. You gotta stop smoking, stop drinking. Then I said, mm. but I don't smoke. Mm. I don't drink mm. and she said uh, but this is what your throat looks like and I saw mm. on the monitor it was red inflamed and, and she said if you came to me any later you could have potentially lost your voice entirely Oh wow. so that was a very close call and um, um, I realized when I went to Japan I was I was asking myself you know okay you know I have something to be excited about because I got this contract but yeah. mixed feelings because you know I'm I, I I just I just found out the conclusion of this is that mm. and and I had been living with headaches um for about the same time I never knew what it was and I used to pull my hair because it, it was so painful and uh, most of the doctor says migraine I was on medication for the longest time and and then I went to see this doctor in in Japan because part of my contract required me to do a a medical there before I started work. And uh, he did a scan and he said, "Uh, did you know about this up here? So I said, no, I didn't. And I said, is there any way I can get rid of it? But he said, it's on a nerve. So there's nothing you can do about it. So I just went quiet. I didn't actually tell anyone
2: Mm.
1: at that time because I wasn't sure what I, it was, I, I didn't know what to make of it. Mm. But at that time in my mind, I was like, oh, at least I have closure. The fact that this is the cause of the pain. Here and here. Right. And at that time, that year itself, um, I had a second occurrence of um, ovarian cyst in, in my right. ovaries and uh, tumor marker. Right. As it was positive and 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 so that all happened happened in the same year um and so i was i was questioning (laughs) i was like so god god uh i don't quite understand you know you give me this but you this, this 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 doesn't quite add up so you know yeah what and i used to Put the blame on god i say god why did you let me do this why 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 me mm. but i realized that um when something good happens i never asked god why me why did you give me that good thing you know <laughs> it was just a very one-sided conversation i had with god and very yeah. biased very selfish yeah. right
2: um
1: i realized it today i didn't realize it then um but fast forward all that you know i i, I, I didn't deal with it Perfectly um, in a way that I would have dealt with it today, right? Because then my <laughs> my level of maturity is very different. Um, so it took people like my mom, you know, to speak sense into me. Mm. Um, it took a lot of reading. I, I didn't have a mentor, so I used to read a lot of books. Mm. I, I don't really love reading non fiction books at that time, but I mm. learned um, that. If I can't afford to get this person to teach me this or that then the fastest ways I can learn through books because being a second hand learner uh, means that you don't have to make the first hand mistakes that these people made, and mm. that's what's so great about listening to podcasts or people's mm. stories because mm. you become a second hand learner um, mm. and you get to avoid the mistakes that they made and 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 try and take built on that um, so Looking back, you know, I, I, I realized then that what had happened 10 years before at college, you know, and, 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 and that fighting spirit was what carried me to that next season. And, I mean, Japan taught me a lot. Um, and being, being, being able to be exposed to that culture of, you know, if I want something from you, I, if I ask you now, I actually want it last week. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing. And, and I see, see how, how they work um, and, and, and why, why is it that the entertainment industry, you know, artists there actually make money because people actually buy CDs there. But why do people actually buy CDs? You know, it got me curious and thinking, you know, and then, mm. you know, how do how does the property market work there you know what Mm. what keeps the japanese economy going because they're so patriotic you know they buy Mm. japanese products they're so proud of made in japan you know they drive their own cars even when Mm. you look at japanese outside japan you know they Mm. would choose to the company gives them a car um you know they would choose to buy a japanese made car a japanese brand Mm. what is it that that, 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 that makes them so patriotic. So it got me so curious and I started to, you know, study all these things and, and try and observe um, human behavior. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's why I realized that a lot of stress, um, emotional stress is, 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 is caused by people, not so much the circumstance. The, mm-hmm. the, the, the part where I was, that, that, that hit me hard in Japan wasn't the workload the long hours um, but the, the the emotional turmoil that I was going through because of that relationship and because I couldn't handle that I couldn't it wasn't something I could solve and because of that I I almost wanted to jump down on the train tracks so many times oh my god I was thinking of creative ways to end my life because I think being heartbroken sometimes is more painful than any physical pain that you could feel mm. <laughs> because it's mm. not something that I don't know if you've been heartbroken before, but when I've been heartbroken and that feeling that your heart is, is literally painful I don't know how to express it, but you know, you cry until you have no more tears to cry and, and, and it's just literally painful, but you don't know how to get rid of that pain and mm. it doesn't go away, so mm. that's why. I thought maybe ending my life would end this pain. Mm. Um, oh, how do you pull so through that
0: though? Like, did you, like. Um, I don't know. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I it just, I don't know. I just survived one more day and another day and I procrastinated. And, and I, 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 I really don't know. I, I really don't know. Mm. So, and, and and time and time
0: just slowly, you you is that what happened? You um, just uh, did like it
1: took me just sat that, on it. <laughs> well, it, the, the relationship eventually ended, um, but it took me. There's a lot of baggage from that relationship, and I think. Um, it took me, it took me almost a decade, to forgive and let go. Wow. To be able to think about that person or, you know, we, we count back the scenario or the, the past without tearing or bursting out into tears, you know. Mm. So and, and to be able to say, to be able to genuinely in my heart to be able to say, okay, you know, I bless you. I, I mean, I, I hope and I wish you all the best. you know. So 10 years is a long time, but there was no shortcut, you know sometimes I say, "Okay, really I forgive ready, I forgive really, but you know when you think about the past, you know you feel that it wasn't you were fairly unfairly treated um, then you think for all these other things, then you know you start to tear, but that means you haven't really healed right you haven't actually mm. moved on, you haven't you know so it, but you get better every day, so you hurt less and less and less so I, when I journey with people through heartbreaks, um, it's tough because you can't tell them that you'll be okay because it doesn't feel okay. Mm. Um, but you can tell a person that let's work towards you mm. hurting less tomorrow. You won't heal immediately, but it's okay because I took 10 years to heal. Mm. Um, and we just need to make sure that we heal and grieve um, grieving is not just for the dead right because when you lost a part of you um, uh, even as a business you know you build a business and you, you had to let it go that, it, it will cause you a certain amount of grief and you need to fully grieve and, 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 and be able to finish grieving before you can move on because otherwise mm. it comes with a lot of baggage mm. and baggage will just compound with interest <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so yeah, so I learned wow. a lot of my 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 lessons um, from relationships, dealing with different sorts of people, dealing with to what I would in my head at that in the moment call difficult people to me, um, mm. because I didn't. It was like I keep asking myself, how huh, people like this exist? I can't believe people like this exist. People do these things. Why? Do? So sometimes it's not about understanding them, but. Uh, adjusting our approach to it, so we can't change them
3: mm. uh,
1: but we can uh, change our approach uh by trying to identify what this person is trying to teach me what's mm. this scenario trying to teach me? The sooner I learn it, you know the sooner this person is not gonna be a problem for me anymore so mm. it's tough um it that's why it's stressful. Um, but today, you know, having all these uh, experiences, uh, it's a blessing in disguise for me because I, when I meet people and I, I, I spend some time with them and they're going through challenges with their work, whether it be finances, whether it be in relationships, in marriages, in their career, or in their health, I can actually mm. truly say that, yes, I, I, I understand because mm. I've been through it. So now today, I understand why I've had the opportunity. God actually entrusted me with all these wide spectrum of challenges. Mm. Um, because that allows me, gives me an opportunity to journey with different people in different um, categories of challenges. And to mm. be able to truly tell them that, hey, this is your future self telling you that you will get through this. I'm mm. the un- most unlikely person. Um you know, but God showed me grace and love. So I just want to make sure that I'm an extension of that to you. And in the future, once you get past this, your story, your test will be your testimony. And you will in turn hold someone else's hand. And and, and that's how we make the world a better place, because we can't change the world. Um, but we can be, you know, the change in one person's world and that's all it mm. takes because Mm. that's what our world is at that moment, right? Mm. That problem is our world because we we cannot go beyond that if we we don't overcome that. So just, just, you know, journey with one person and that one person will journey with another person. Mm. And it's amazing um, what challenges do to us because we have a little bit more empathy for others. Yeah. (laughs) We can understand a little bit better and we can relate. And we know that in times of pain, you don't want somebody to give you a solution. You just want somebody to sit there with you and just say, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. like everyone's climbing their own mountain, right? As a person, recognizing that is, what yeah. is important. And I really admire how you, I suppose, go through each, I, I use the word tragedy. I'm not sure it's the right word or not, but you can go <laughs> through okay. each one <laughs> and, and still kind of view it very positively and come out of it more and you could say like mind and body in a very healthy way like still healthy still positive you know still looking on the bright side you know and seeing what you learn from it rather than oh my life sucks and like a, <laughs> you know rather than feeling like a victim which isn't very healthy right yeah, but um, it's normal it's
1: normal it's normal that's
0: why it's, it's counterintuitive normal, right?
1: To it. yeah. It's counterintuitive to be positive all the time. It's not. Mm. Um, that's mm. why it's a decision that we have to make, a brave decision that we have to make every day uh, when mm. we wake up. That's why a routine in the morning, um, mm. creating good habits is important because it carries us through the day 24 hours at a time, right?
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and um, now that you mentioned the routine in the morning, so the, one of the other questions I was going to ask you since you just mentioned it was, do you have any routines to help you start the day
1: yeah, I do. I, I didn't in the past mm. um, of the last half a decade I started. Um, and uh, so I get up two and a half hours earlier than my day has to start. Okay. And what I do is I, um, no matter how little sleep I get, even if it's, I can afford four hours of sleep at night, mm. I'll sleep one and a half hours and have that mm. two and a half hours allocated. Um, I'm, it's a protected time. Okay. Um, so I got that time very preciously uh, what I do is I go into a room I uh, I get on my knees and I just cry my heart out. My eyes out and I just talk to God. Oh. Um, um, and, and 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 I I have this book um, which I call my my map. I I realized that I've 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 learned a lot from it. So I read that book Every day. Um, Mm. And uh, I try to study it. I try to memorize some parts of that book. And interestingly enough, whatever that pops out in that book kind of helps me, it it will eventually be relevant later part of the day. It's so strange. It's so strange, but. um,
0: Uh, What book is this? If you, if you don't mind <laughs> <laughs> is it like so a it's nonfiction a, book or what, it's, what is... a,
1: it's a very ancient book um, it's called the Bible
0: <laughs> oh all <laughs> oh, right got it I, I, right. Yeah. So, so so the mornings are like um, that's when you I suppose my meditation you, and your know, meditation and you have that relationship <laughs> or communicate with God and all that yeah right?
2: yeah yeah.
0: Right,
1: right. Right. Oh, got it. Got it. So, <laughs> I can't so even yeah. Ask because that question. no, no, it's because <laughs> someone told me he's someone. I can't remember who, but someone said, "If you don't want God to talk to you, don't read the Bible." Being the defiant person that I am, I said, mm. "God talks to me through the Bible." I thought God says, "Hello, Hannah," you know. But no. like, you know, when you talk to people, most uh, religious people, you know. Um, very few say that God talks to them in their ear. <laughs> or, right. you know, maybe in the olden days, yes. But you know, there's the, a the reason why that happens you know, in the Bible. So I found a lot of answers to life, you know, to that one book. Uh, so it's quite mm. interesting. And, and so I said, I'll try it, you know. Mm. I don't mm. believe that. So I, I did. And there was one day I just opened the book. And mm. there was a passage in there. And... I don't know why. I just when I read as I read it, I just tears just started coming down, and and after that, you know, I I I realized that okay, you know, I I feel a little lighter, and um, I have enough. I said I always ask God. I said please give me enough joy, love, patience mm. <laughs> for the next twenty four hours, and I'll see you again. Tomorrow same time you know <laughs> so that keeps me going and then after right. that, I go through my list of I have a I'm so grateful for a list so every okay. day I have a, a I mean I go through that list and 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 on the lowest days I try to to add on more things that I'm grateful for uh, even right. the smallest things like if I wake up with less pain today then I'm happy you know um, mm-hmm. I have a long list so um, sleep in my you know own Bit, um mm. having my own pillow I don't have, I have neck mobility today, um, my throat isn't as painful and this is that, the whole list and you know what, even on the crappiest days um, when you have, don't have enough sleep, you feel tired you know, after going through that you feel happy and mm. I have so many reasons to be happy because I have so many things to be grateful for mm. so that keeps me going and then I start the day mm. uh, do whatever I need to do, exercise or whatever it is so that is my routine and um, I like it because it's worked for me. Um, yeah. I've tried different routines in the past, you know, wake up, right. uh, do your exercise and things like that. But I realized that um, our spiritual and mental health is the foundation of our physical health and how, how we deal with the, the other health of other parts of our life. Mm. Because when we are spiritually healthy, then we are men- spiritually strong. Then we are mentally strong. We have the discipline to do things, create good habits. And the good habits will create, you know, uh, you know a better body, a better, you know, whatever career, whatever you're working on. So that's the mm. foundation. And I used to, um, they say that, you know, during the pandemic, you know, we, we, we got do this habit of washing hands, right? So we wash mm. our hands so many times a day. But, mm. you know, we need to cleanse our mind as well. Mm. Because we we, we we get in so much junk throughout the day, so much mm. information, so much news. Oh, yeah. Um so we need to declutter, um we need to purge out and empty the trash every day. And mm. and and every day when we wake up, when we start the day, you know, people pile on their expectations on us. So when you wake up, you know, it could be your spouse, you know, uh, you know, the expectations that your spouse puts on us. Uh, so we, the spouse passes it a bag of expectations, and then if you have kids, you know you have um, your kids have expectations as well. So your kids pass you a bag of expectations, and you go to work. Your colleagues pass you a bag of expectations. Your boss passes you a bag. Of, your social circle at the end of the day, the social media passes you a bag of expectations. You know, mm-hmm. and you come back after the whole day so heavy, so much to bear. And mm-hmm. how are you going to help the world when you have so much crap to deal with? So we need to find a way to just offload and unload so that we can continue to carry more the next day. So that's why a routine is, 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 is great. Um, different people find uh, stress relief in, in, in different ways. Music, exercising, mm-hmm. listening to audiobooks, um, podcasts, uh, mm-hmm. cooking, you know. So I guess find what works for you. There's, there's, there's not one thing that works, but it could be a combination and it, it may change over time based on what you need and, and, and the season of growth you're in. That's why they say, you know, balance, work-life balance. There's no such thing as work-life balance because mm. if you're an entrepreneur, you're, you're, you're holding a baby. Your business mm. is your baby. So if you tell a mother, uh, of an, uh, a, a toddler, that it's mm. crying at 4 a.m. in the morning, have work-life balance go so that <laughs> to sleep. That doesn't work. When your yeah, baby right. calls, you go. When your business calls, that. you go. Right? Yeah. You yeah. can't say that, oh okay, uh, I'm running my own business, like five o'clock I need to go, I need to work out. There's no such thing. So so we get sometimes so caught up with the ratio of oh you work is this much and uh, exercise is this much, uh you need to have family this much, but if you think about it as balance, as when you're riding a bicycle, how you keep your balance, you just keep going, you know. It doesn't matter where you are, you just need to keep pedaling, and just keep going. That's how you keep your balance, right?
0: So, um, yeah, Hannah. So, yeah, the other thing I, I want, wanted to kind of ask you and I was really curious about was that yeah. I know that you're an entrepreneur, like, you know, you're a TV host. Uh, I mean, you, you're a singer, actress, and all that, right? Um, what's your main focus right now? What keeps you the busiest?
1: Hmm. Um, I work... Um with an investment holdings company right now. So uh, that uh, that and uh, uh, well, over the years I've managed to, I wanted to streamline um, everything that I was doing because I felt that I was being pulled in so many directions and not focusing on one. Mm -hmm. So um, it took some time to get my act in order uh but uh, as of this year for the first time in uh, many years i managed to sleep <clears throat> eight full hours
0: <laughs> wow <laughs> and um that's a luxury and, to you huh?
1: <laughs> and i yeah it, it's a luxury to me and then i realized that it became um it became a habit so in order to, 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 to get more sleep, I needed to discipline myself uh, to call it a day, mm. to switch off, um, mm. you know, but I'm not getting any younger and, uh, and over time, your body kind of just wears out. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, mm. And so the doctor was like, uh, you know, I can give you all the medication, you can do all the treatments in the world, but <clears throat> if your body doesn't have a chance to prepare itself then mm. it's you're not gonna last very long so mm. I said okay um yeah. health first right I can't help people if I'm if I'm sick <laughs> so yeah. I said okay uh Hannah you need to look at your priorities um this year your priority would be to it sounds simple but it's yeah it it, it takes a lot of effort um so what I learned to do well Late last year was uh, to airplane mode my phone after a certain time. Oh, okay. And it takes a lot of discipline because you get really anxious. Like, it goes through a withdrawal, you know, like, what if people try to call me? Or, you know, what if work needs me? Or something goes wrong. And then my husband says that, uh, if it's really urgent, your family knows how to contact me. Um, you can call the house phone um, and there's nothing that can, cannot wait 24 hours until you're up or at least 8 hours so I'm like, okay you know, so after a while you know, you learn to let go a little bit a little bit, a little bit, practice makes permanent, right, let go a little bit until then I started getting so used to it that I was like, oh I love this isolation and when the lockdown happened, being an introvert I think, I think introverts enjoy the isolation a little bit more than the extroverts.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know I do. So yeah.
1: <laughs> I realized that uh, it was the, the 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 meetings, um, the face to face meetings, the presentations, or no, going for events that that was that 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 took the most out of me. Um, before this, you know, before we had all this isolation. And I realized that during the um, MCO, uh, during the lockdown, I was more productive. I mean, we were, most of us were more busy because there were so much things, so many things to sort and get done. Uh, but I was more productive and um, I got more things done and, and I was less stressed. So strange, right? More work, but less stress. And then I started to think about it and I was trying to analyze it. Like, why am I less Stressed. Why am I mm. less anxious? Um, mm. Because when I meet before I meet people, uh, before I do any interviews, <laughs> so I don't mm. do many interviews because it, I, I, I'll ask my colleagues, is it necessary? If it's not, then you know, can we just skip it? Because you know, there's nothing interesting about me. I have nothing <laughs> to sell, and then, you know, so then, then she's like, uh, uh, I think this is, um, this is a, a um, you know. A, a very good, um, uh, you know, community service initiative. This person's doing this. And was, so she talks about your podcast and I was like,
3: mm.
1: okay, okay. Okay. To help people. Right. Mm. <laughs> no, it's because before meeting people, before doing an event and, um, in the past, I used to do some emceeing and performance yeah. before um, a job is confirmed or a gig is confirmed. Um, I get very anxious. And from the point that it's confirmed until the day of the event, mm, uh, I have problems, uh, embarrassing to say this, but uh, I have problems sleeping, I am constipated, I Mm. get headaches, um, Mm. um, I feel I can't breathe,
2: Mm.
1: I have difficulty breathing, and I, I, I can't think straight. And I'm so frazzled and I need to, it takes more to get me to focus, um, more effort to get me to focus than it would on a normal day. Mm. And I'm so conscious about so many things and mm. I'm just very unsettled.
0: Mm. And, and is it because wow. of like the high expectations you have? Like, are you, is it like, are you feeling nervous and anxious? You want it to be perfect? Is that where it's coming from?
1: So, so, so I had the chance to think about it and... Mm. Uh, I realized that this has been ongoing since the time I started being exposed to stage or people or people I don't know. But I never thought about it. And then um, after 20 years right, of being in the industry, I realized that this is, um, they call it um, uh, anxiety. Uh, some, they, mm. there's, a clinical, there's a clinical anxiety, I don't know, it's, it's social anxiety or something right. like
2: that. Right.
1: But back in those days, you don't really think about it. You, know, you don't yeah. analyze. Um, but when I thought about it further, I realized that it was because of my lack of self-confidence. It was my inferiority complex and my lack of confidence that caused me to have this anxiety self-imposed because like you said, you are right to say that I was worried about what people think about me, I was, Mm -hmm. I was, I was afraid of being humiliated. If I don't know my things, if I'm not well prepared, I, um, you know, um, I'm afraid about not being able to meet up to people's expectations. Um, but all these are all self-imposed. Right. Um, and I realized that it was because of that lack of self-esteem that, you know, I, I, I caused myself to, to feel all these things. So, hmm. it's not something that, like, even up till today, uh, I struggle. Um, but it's I learned so to mask it a little right. bit better. So, like, even right. coming into this conversation with you, I, I, I was very anxious. Um, hmm. And um, so, uh, Paula, you know, with me. Um, but then what I decided to do today was I didn't want to take a look, look at the brief because I knew that that personality of mine, if i if have a list, I will want to over-prepare. Right. Um, and, but because that that was how I was so used to making up for, um, my lack of self-esteem. But I realized that, um, because you know you know some people say, what's your what's your best greatest asset, okay, as a person so I say, mm. Mm, I don't have really many good assets, but I think my greatest asset is actually my lack of confidence or my lack of talent because because um because of my lack of talent, I realize that I am in the lacking in that department, right so what mm. I would do is I would put in ten times more effort I would put in ten times more hours mm. I would I would, I would, do over and beyond ten times the average person um, to make up for it. But because I've been so accustomed to the fact of uh, to 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 going the extra mile, because you know when you become overcommitted, that's when the magic happens, and mm-hmm. that's what kept me going. Mm-hmm. But sometimes to a, it comes to a point where you know sometimes you overprepare and then. And then you know you set all these expectations on yourself, so sometimes when you're having conversations and 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 when you want things to come from the heart yeah. you, i I have to consciously tell myself that don't prepare, don't over prepare because then it won't come from my heart anymore. it will come from what I've memorized up here. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. it
1: works for work, okay, work fine, you know when you're doing an event, you need to make sure the details. Are locked down, but sometimes when you're having conversations with people, sometimes I, I run through conversations with people in my head because going in a social environment, you know, I don't know, I, I feel very uncomfortable talking to new people. Like, I don't know what to say because uh, what do you talk to people about, you know, like, um, and, 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 and will that person like me or, you know, all these questions. But I realized that that was all just lack of self-esteem, um, the fear of rejection, the fear of not being liked. Um, it's just an. It's just um, over. It's just a. It's just an overblown <laughs> fear of not being accepted. Um, mm. So, I realized that speaking to a lot of people that lack self confidence, um, what I like to tell them is, uh, you never actually want to be in a place of total confidence because that's mm. when you stop growing. And that's when you stop making the effort. And mm. that's when you stop being when you it's when you start being complacent and that's when you stop being pursuing greatness. Mm. So I
0: like I like that. Like um the, the lack of, of talent or you know, however you want to put it, it's a gift in some sense, right? Yeah, because yeah. And, and especially if you're aware, that's also important. You need to be self aware. Yep. And it makes you work harder to close that yep. gap. Yeah. Right, and when you work harder, you tend to be even better than someone that might have been naturally talented. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. My nothingness actually was my greatest asset. And nothing, and when you have nothing to lose, that's when wow, you have everything to gain. So, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I, I'm, also, I'm also like um, when you talk, when you said how you experienced that anxiety earlier, you know, like when you before you go for interviews or MC or whatever, I also find that very interesting because. You obviously, um, I, I would expect you to be very used to it because you probably uh-huh. do it a lot. But that emotion still comes uh, every time. Uh. So that's yeah. that's quite interesting, right? Yeah. And, and you it's- just so you just you just got used to it, or like how how that like, you just yeah. get used to the emotion, or how do you manage that?
1: Um, I just get used to. I just learn how to get more comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm. Mm. So learning that being uncomfortable is okay and that i don't have to be 100 percent calm on the inside because Mm. that's something that i will know i will never achieve so even before i go on stage today if you ask me to do an event i will want to puke or run off the Mm. stage i just want to hide my face and i just Mm. thinking about it now if you feel my pulse it's going and I, wow. I'm trying to breathe. Oh,
2: <laughs> so, okay.
1: um, the struggle is real. Um, oh. and, 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 and so, I've given up trying to get over it. But I've, I've, I've learned to, to try and, 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 and convince myself that this is good because, you know, um, this will be fuel to improve myself, uh, be fuel to learn more, do more, and give more and, and just keep pushing the boundaries. So learning to be comfortable with being uncomfortable and, 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 and not fearing the unknown so much and learning to take away the expectations of others on myself.
2: Mm.
1: Because most of the time, they may not expect that much of me. I may just have put that expectation on them that they think that what's required of me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot to process uh, and for most people it's, it's, it's not easy most people that have deal with the same sort of anxiety I know it's not it's not easy but it's not impossible because if if someone like me can can do it for 20 years and still not be okay then you can do it too um, yeah. it's okay you know mm-hmm. so I think that's that's that's, that's the biggest message from the entertainment industry that I would give to people that want to pursue this or people that had to pursue um, that have to be in social environments for their job. They don't have a choice, right? I mean, if mm. I have a choice, sure. That's why I, I, I try not to take on um, MC jobs or any stage events, except if it's from old clients that I really want to support. Um, but for some people, they don't have a choice because they have to go out there and get funding, you know, they have to go out there and, 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 and meet people and they don't have a choice to say, I don't feel like doing it. I don't want to do it. I, 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 let's, let's ask someone else, but not, nobody is in a better position as a business owner than you to present your case right, to your future potential investors. And it's not just in that scenario, but a lot of people don't have a choice. So what happens when you don't have a choice? It's good when you don't have a choice Then you just do it because you don't have a choice. Mm.
2: So
1: those people that I used to admire people that didn't feel uh, scared. I have this friend that says that, oh, um," she said, I can, uh, don't ask me to do catwalk on stage, but you give me a mic. I'll be so happy. I'll be so comfortable. It's like, I can talk to anybody. Then I'm like, Wow. I wonder what that feels like (laughs)
2: because
1: I've never felt that way. I used to admire (laughs) people um, that had so much confidence, you
2: know.
1: Um, But, yeah, I think um, we're, we're, it's not to say that other people are more blessed than us. We're all blessed in different ways. (laughs) And if we can see what we are blessed and be grateful for it, then we don't compare. (laughs) (laughs) Because that comparison is, yeah, the comparison is where the heartache begins. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh, it sounds it sounds like um, twenty twenty is when uh, you you kind of taking it a bit easier this year. Uh, I imagine. So, how what's next for you, Hannah? how how do you imagine like twenty twenty one to look like?
1: I don't know the next progression is. Um, well, if I make it to twenty twenty one, I don't know, maybe kids if I'm lucky. <laughs>
0: kids, that sounds uh, interesting. I ha- I have like um I have a three year old daughter now, so really yes yes I have to say that it's, it is quite life changing, and it's yeah <laughs> it's made me
3: <laughs>
2: yeah
0: it's made it's made me a softer man if you like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, um, yeah, it's like diff- well, it's,
2: have more same kids? but
0: different, uh, well, well uh, my wife is pregnant again, so, yeah, yeah, I didn't I even announce this publicly, but there you go, she's on the podcast <laughs> <now>. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, so, I, I guess, um, so, in some sense, it's, uh, it changes, well, change my life, but, but also it doesn't uh, like things kind of still carry on. i still building the business and everything, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, so yeah, so kids might be one thing for you, is it? So, is, is it really going to be like maybe focus on family? Sounds like that, right? That's your immediate yeah.
1: goal. Um, family, and I think I want to focus on, on, on people. Um, mm-hmm. I've, uh, I've been so caught up with myself, you know, building things for myself. Um, doing things for myself. And I realized that, hey, you know, I've been so selfish. I've been doing all these things for myself. Um, and um, what I... So an experiment uh, I decided to do this year was to... Um, I was challenged to reevaluate my intentions and my motives in doing things. Mm. Um because a lot of times we say that um, we're doing this for that person or we're giving. Um, but if we think deeper, it's not actually because we want to give or we want to make that person, help that person, but it's actually for us. Our self, selfishly, we want to know that right. I feel good because I've done something. Yeah, And it comes with serving in communities um, as well. And I was challenged to kind of reevaluate that everything that I did. Uh, so I, used to ask my, I, I started to ask myself, what is my intention? Why am I doing it? If I don't have a good enough reason, then maybe I don't need to say it. If I'm talking to my husband about something and I feel that I'm right, um, should I argue my point through Or is peace better than being right? And if I argue my points through why am I doing it? What's the outcome that I want? In business, we always talk about management by objective. It seems very rational for us to do that. But in relationships, we discount that. For me, at least. I realize that, actually, I should be managing by objectives. What is my objective with pursuing this conversation or Pursuing an argument or complaining, Will it get me what I want. What is it that I want? Uh, having this conversation with this person, you know, sometimes you don't agree with that pe- person, but how to love people you disagree with, you know. Um, and sometimes it's not about bringing your point across, but to, if it's to create an environment where everyone's happy working. Sometimes you can adjust yourself, and when you're opposing people's opinions, um, sometimes you feel like you're getting the message through, but mm. people already form their opinions. They're are not. Right. They may say, "Okay, yes, yes, yes." I do that with my husband sometimes, because you know he says, <laughs> oh, "Okay, you know you have to think." So sometimes it's like I don't hundred percent agree, but I know that we're better off. You know. Pursuing peace in this relationship, in this household. Um, and just respecting that everyone is different, everyone has a different opinion, and we don't have to share the same opinion to love each other. Mm. Um, I love you, but I don't agree with what you're saying, mm. but I respect where you're coming from. Mm. And you realize that you diffuse a lot of anger, you diffuse a lot of frustration. By taking that step. Um, and sometimes just biting your tongue because, you know, you feel that, oh, I just want to prove myself right. and That person is wrong. But what do you achieve out of bulldozing your way through in that conversation, right? So this year, I've uh, um, been challenged to evaluate a lot of things. Um, ask myself why I do this. And even with uh, a post, I, I, mean, I put out a post on social media. Mm. I asked myself, uh, why why am I posting this? Why am I saying this? Mm. Is it necessary? Um, mm. uh, because the intentions, uh, our intentions cannot be masked mm. entirely. When you mm. say something, people will be able to capture the essence of your nuances or what you intend to say. So if you intend to say something, one same sentence, you know, uh, you look good today. I mean, whether you say it because you mean it or, you know, you're just trying to say for the sake of, you know, making that person happy, you know, people will be able to receive it, with, receive your intention, not mm. what you say in words, right? Right. So what I decided to do was, um, because I was going to take a step back from branded content on social media um, and use the um, community platform. I mean, so so my Instagram account has turned into somewhat like an online family. Um, mm-hmm. We've got people from different walks of life, and um, they're all wonderful people. And I've learned so much from them. And 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 so these people have journeyed with me some for over a year, some five years, some over the last ten years. Mm-hmm. And what I wanted to do was I said, this is like you know my 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 family, um, and would people appreciate it if I um, just shove advertisements down their throat? Um, Mm. Sure, we have bills to pay, you know, we have overheads to look after as well. But I was thinking, you know, there's a degree of trust that we've built um, as a family, as an online family. And so I thought, I don't know. We don't know how long we have to live. This year, um, we've lost uh, a few people. So it got me thinking about life a lot and got me thinking about what's the meaning of life. And if today, if I die today, if I cease to exist today, what will people remember me for? You know, what, what, what would my tombstone say? Mm. Hannah that has nice hair or nice clothes or, you know, I, people won't care. A, a passerby that walked past my tombstone won't care, okay, Hannah has nice hair whatever it is. So I thought about it long and hard. What do I want to be remembered for? What would I want to be, what, what would I want to have written on my tombstone? What would my tombstone say about me? So I thought about it long and hard. And instead of having some, uh, my tombstone say, Hannah, computer science degree or whatever it is, achieve this and that, that never impacted anyone, right? I thought, I want to be known as the person that cared. You know, mm. she cared. Doesn't matter what I had, but, you know, the resources that I, I have, which is my time, my energy, um, I can afford to give that um, into this community, so I want to care enough. Um, and um, so, what I did earlier this year was I put my Instagram account on private.
0: I noticed that I was going to ask you about it. That was so uh, different, uh, so um, unusual for a public figure.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then um, so uh, so my uh, management team was jumping and said, uh, "Do you know how this could?" adversely affect um, you know your involvement in the industry um, uh, paid posts and all that Mm. then I said uh, yeah I think I'm crazy (laughs) (laughs) I said sorry I thought about it long and hard then I thought okay Um, but then if I'm doing it just for if I'm interacting with people so that I have good engagement so that people will engage me, then, then my intentions are not right and my conversations will reflect that. Um, and I know it, it was tough because uh, we made, eventually made the decision as a team and I have a great team and thankfully they respected the decision and I said, I, I just want to take a step back um, to focus on the relationships and I can't manage so many DMs, you know, I, I slack off of DMs because I can't keep up this, 24 hours in a day and here I am trying to make sure that by a certain time in, in the day I airplane mo mode, mode my phone so no more Instagram you know no more interaction no more WhatsApp and all that so <laughs> how, how do I build relationships when I, I have to say no at a certain point of, so I was mm-hmm. like okay um, I want to be remembered as someone who cared I want to be someone who cares um, so there was uh, at that time there was 122,000 followers I lost I think about 2,000 followers. Right. Um, maybe because my content after that didn't resonate with them, but that's okay. Um, because I realized it was, it was like, oh, people have unfollowed me. You know, <laughs> then I thought, Hannah, why, why are you so focused on that? You know, focus uh-huh. on the relationships, focus on why you're doing this and why you started this account in the first place. And, and, and that kept me going. And then I started a, a YouTube another YouTube account and I thought what I wanted to do was content mm. uh, contents. I mean solutions for the people I love and mm. um, you know um, so some of my friends were having I, I took a yoga um, uh, teacher certification um, but I'm not teaching yoga I just wanted to be able to teach myself and you know some people some friends of my family members have um, chronic health issues and they can't do certain exercises um, so I, I read about yoga from rehabilitation all that so so I went to, to India and um, me and my husband, we went there, spent the month there, got the certification and um, and we learned a lot of all these things, you know, how you can use yoga to rehabilitate a lot of health issues or even then I went to take on uh, prenatal yoga. So yoga for pregnancy, how to use yoga to turn breech babies naturally, um, mm. how to help uh, pregnant mothers journey through uh, and all these things. So it, it was a very interesting And, um, I thought, so there were these friends that had back issues and, and, and I said, you know, there's a way that learning yoga, you know, how to stand where you can actually, uh, uh, fix your alignment and posture. Because I have scoliosis, um, and and that affected a lot, uh, my body as well. And I dealt with pain for a long time, but through correct alignment and, and adjusting your posture over time, the pain sort of decreased. So I thought, okay, um how to burn belly fat while standing it is possible because i experimented so i was uh every time i meet my friends my friends would say show me show me show me you know, so i said like, okay go through them okay put your feet together you know lift your toes lift your kneecaps so i was like i did this so many times so i decided maybe i should just put it in a video then i just send mom and dad the link you know and send my sister's the link and all that so that's what i did you know then i realized that some people ask me, how do you cook this, you know? So I was like, uh-huh. I, I find myself giving them recipes. And I was like, maybe i film it. They say, I don't know how to read recipes. Can you just show me, take a short video? So all these like solutions for people that I love. So I thought, hey, actually, you know what? Why don't I just put a little bit more effort, put it, make it look a little bit better. Um, and then just put it up on a channel where people can just go and refer back, you know? Um, mm. with no agenda but it's actually to answer the question of this person like common questions like how do I do this how do I do that um, so uh, uh, I'm, I'm very passionate about um, solving problems you know I, I, right. I like solving problems and, and that yeah. gives me fulfillment and so, so that was a YouTube page for that um, but I didn't promote it and I started off with like 10 followers I don't think there's many followers even right now and what I did was um, I, uh, I I put up um um singing videos like birthday mm. every month mm. I sing a happy birthday song for all uh-huh. the, the people in my online family that had uh-huh. their birthday that month. It's a wow. terrible song I, I'm <laughs> croaking all the way but you know it makes them happy that I remember their birthday. So
3: mm.
1: there's one that I put the video up on that uh, um uh, channel um, and that was, like, 50 views, mm. so it's like, it hit me, it's like, why am I putting in so much effort for 50 views, mm. right, am I wasting my time, mm. one video takes a few days for me to edit, and, you know, mm. so I got a bit depressed that day, and I, I thought, Am I doing the right thing? Am I, am, I, am I wasting my time with this sort of content? Mm. But I was reminded that the reason why I put that singing video out on, on YouTube that day was one of my, uh, someone from our Instagram online family was going through uh, a, 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 a rough season in life and mm. she had eventually decided to delete her Instagram account. Oh. And um, it was her birthday and I was one of her name was included in that song so i put it up on youtube so that she could have access to that video so Mm. she would know that i love her you know i care about her and i remember her Mm. and then i reminded i was reminded that i was doing it for that one person so i thought actually i'm not doing it for the hundred thousand less people that have not watched the video as long as that one person watched that video Mm. Mm. I, my my objective is met so I felt so much better that day and it's a constant everyday reminder to self that hey you're not doing it for 10,000 people you're doing it for that one person that yeah. you could encourage through this one post or this one mm. song or this one comment so that helped to keep things real for me and and and, and Eventually, I was supposed to put the the the, the account back um, to public, but I thought that hey, let's just let's just keep it closed for now and 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 I was also very curious to see what sort of accounts were requesting access, and mm. you know after a certain number, you, you tend to get a lot of um brand pages um right. non personal, not 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 the people, not the real people pages, uh, but brands or businesses that want to mm. interact or uh, interact with your community I mean that, that's normal mm. that's part of uh, digital marketing I understand mm. um, so I thought let's keep this um, family exclusive for now and uh, let me learn how to be accountable to these 100,000 people first um, mm. when I have learned the art of accountability if I can be accountable to these 100,000 people then I can manage more but if I can't manage 100,000 people I can't manage more um, mm. If I can't manage 24 hours in a day, I won't be able to manage more staff. If I mm. can't manage, you know, my finances, my personal finances as a person, I can't manage a company well. I can't run a company well. So mm. I, I told myself that learning to manage the little, be accountable for the little um, will mean that when we have more, we'll be better off. Uh, but instead of complaining about what I don't have or what I would have lost this year because mm. of the circumstances the pandemic or you know income that was lost or things that was lost or I didn't get to do this or you know focus on things that I have right now um, and learn to be accountable with the little Mm. because when I'm able to be accountable for the little I said Hannah you can you will be able to manage more so you know when the time comes if you are ready you know for some people you know the job promotion will come you know the 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 uh, the dream relationship, the relationship that you've been seeking for will come. But if we can't manage what we have right now, those things will never come because we're not ready for it. Mm. So mm. I think this year, that's why it was a great year. Um, while many people say it's, it's rough, but there's another school of thought and there's another group of people that say that this was a great year because it forces us into uh, um, um, the extremities, it forces mm-hmm. us into desperation. And we're, when we are desperate, uh, we grow. And we are when we are stripped off all the fluff, then we realize what we are at the core. And mm-hmm. when we can manage the little that we have, then when times get better, we will be able to appreciate more, grow more and manage more lives. Because the trust of the people that we work with uh, the trust of our social circles or even the following on Instagram, they follow you because they trust you. They like your content. Mm-hmm. So you're building a relationship with them. And it's not a relationship that you want to take very lightly because because money cannot buy relationships. You can earn money over time. But... Sorry. You can earn money over time, but relationships you cannot make back. Once you burn mm-hmm. a relationship, you burn it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I love that. And, and, and you yeah, you're you're right in saying that. I think this this year because it's um it's an unusual year. I think the the positive side of it is is broken a lot of people out of their autopilot patterns, right, yeah, If you like, yeah, right? Yeah. And suddenly everyone has more opportunity to reflect on themselves and to do a, like a self-assessment about yeah. who they are. You know, yeah. do do I do I still want to do this? Because yeah. had this not happened, you just keep on chugging along, right, year after yes, year, right. without realizing you're stuck in a pattern. Yeah. Uh, so that's yeah, that's really good. Uh, so we are in the, I'm going to like the last uh, segment of this okay. interview. So we have like quick fire questions. I have I a list of nervous. about yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. They're not so quick. People say so. Uh, but uh, it's about nine questions. So it's like okay. so. It's, yeah. Let's see how it goes. on. Huh? So first question is, uh, what scene from a movie or TV show uh, was super memorable to you? And left you a lasting life lesson.
1: Oh, I gotta be honest. I watch like movies like three, three times a year. My husband's birthday, uh, maybe really my birthday and New Year's Eve.
0: <laughs> right, <laughs> that's that's very little movies. So you don't really watch TV at all.
1: No,
2: hardly.
0: You're not a TV person. No, in a way that's good. You don't use a lot of time on <laughs> <man>. that. Like <laughs> to self entertain. That's why I like
2: creativity. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> was there uh, From the very limited number of movies That you saw was, that, was there one that was like A bit more memorable to you?
1: Who? Now, now you've got me thinking I don't like to use my brain a lot But uh, it's good to exercise it once in a while See I can't even remember What was the last movie I watched? Uh. Um, It was a spy movie
0: A spy (laughs) movie Uh, (laughs) You're obviously not a movie person um,
1: (laughs) I think it was based on a series of true events Uh, Talking about the Mossad
0: I don't think I saw that one
1: Um, Okay what was okay what struck me was the, the the main character of this movie was a undercover agent right yeah, yeah. Um, who made a lot of money but obviously sacrificed his uh, uh, what do you call that his um reputation for yeah. a greater good yeah. and he died. I can't remember how he died, but um, he, he sacrificed uh, a lot of his, I mean, he sacrificed his marriage and his, his, his kids. I think he didn't get to see his kids after that. His wife left him, but he managed to prevent a, a, a major um, war.
2: Mm.
1: And so it, it, I ask myself, you know, during the movie, would I do that, you know, to, for the greater good? How many people actually have that in them to sacrifice themselves and give themselves up for the greater good? It takes a certain degree of, your moral compass needs to be, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how many people are like that. I'm not sure if I'm like yeah.
1: that. Yeah. <laughs> so it got me thinking.
0: Yeah.
1: And then it got me thinking about life, like um, why do I exist, right? Mm. Maybe mm. that's why I started thinking. <laughs> so 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 I guess that's a part of the movie that I remember because I there was a part of the movie where his wife left him and the wife mm. asked him, Is it worth it? Mm. Is this worth it? You know, she said. Mm. And he stuck his guns and he was sad. Um, Mm. uh, And during his undercover work, you know, he had to, you know, his wife thought that he was cheating on her. But he was just, um, you know, putting up a show um, with another woman at the window so that people will assume that, you know, he's busy doing this and, you know, like a distraction. But he never had any he never cheated on his wife then, Mm, mm. but he never told her that. Mm. He never justified that to her. Mm. And he never said that, you know, he never got to prove himself and he took on all these accusations
2: Mm.
1: and for the greater good. Sounds like, wow. Mm. I mean, this is something to think about. (laughs) Um, Okay.
0: Okay. (laughs) Our next next question. Uh, What's the best piece of career advice you receive received from a mentor or someone you respect?
1: Um, Treat it as a a paid opportunity to learn. Um, Every Mm. job, you know, I I see a lot of employees complaining about their jobs Mm. and complaining about how they have to do more than within their job scope. This is beyond my pay grade or so I like to encourage uh, people to think beyond because like, especially when you're working, if you're, you're, you're being employed by a, a smaller company where um, employees have to do more mm-hmm. and get their hands dirty with a lot more things, um, mm-hmm. like a small enterprise, you know, um, if, when your team is lean, then you, know, you have to do other people's job or things that are not your job. But that's when you learn things that Mm. are not within your scope and that's where you have the opportunity to learn beyond what you're being paid Mm. to learn. So when you accept a job and you work in a company for someone, you're so lucky because you get to learn all these things and they pay you a salary to learn. When you go Mm. to college, you're paying the college. But when you're working, people are paying you to learn. And as long as you're employed, you're being paid to learn in so Mm. many different environments. How Mm. lucky is that, you know?
2: Mm.
1: And people say that, oh, I I have to do more, you know? Mm. But hey, you know what? You get to learn more. And it's when you are willing to go the extra mile that you're you're able to absorb like a sponge so Mm. many different things. Yeah, Mm. sure, the hours are longer, but if your goal is to build a career or build something for yourself or eventually start a business how are you going to run a business when you don't know how to do if you're you know you're in marketing how are you going to run a business if you're not able to do operations marketing Mm. you don't know what Mm. goes on in hr you Mm. don't know how to look at numbers you know books Mm. you don't know what goes on from ground level up if you don't know how to manage all these little things at ground level then you you won't be able to manage something on your own. So don't start a business when you can't manage the little that you mm. have, right? Mm. So, mm. so so, so, don't complain because you're actually so lucky. Um, mm. The more the boss piles on you, the means the boss trusts you. And it doesn't matter how much you're being paid, it is still very priceless because you're being paid to learn. You're mm. better off being than being in college that you are paying to learn. So... Mm. So that's what I, I, I've always remembered. And that's why I've always been, I mean, there, there have been so many, every job has its, you know, challenges. Mm. Um, but that's what keeps us going. And that's what um, gets us excited to go to work every day because mm. you know that you're being paid to learn. Mm. And the more problems you're able to solve at work, the more exposure you're able to have, you know, to things that are not within your job scope. The better off you are, the more prepared you are for the world ahead, the positions ahead, uh, the promotion ahead. So, yeah.
0: Nice. Uh, next question: uh, Who's your role model? Uh, I, ideally, not someone from your family. Uh, and what, what do you and what do you see in them that you like? Eh? Um,
1: I was reading this story about. Um you know, in the book that I read every day, there's this story, um, I'm sure you've watched that movie, I can't remember the title, but um, you know, uh, Moses and the Red Sea?
0: Moses and the Red Sea, right?
1: You know, the song that Winnie Houston and Mariah Carey sang, you know? Oh, yes, you, yes. Roland, I know you that believe. song. Uh, what's, what's, the, what's the title Prince, of that movie? Prince of Egypt. Prince of Egypt.
0: That's right.
1: Okay, there's this guy named Moses um, mm. who was, um uh, he didn't have the gift of get, right? And he was an introvert and, you know, he came across, uh, he, so, so, so he was, he was um, how Moses came about was, you know, his, his, his parents were he, uh, he, Hebrew parents, mm. and at that mm. time, Pharaoh wanted to kill all the firstborn babies, uh, the Hebrew babies um, that were male, but his mother saw that he was a good-looking kid and wanted to save her baby, so out of her motherly instinct, right, she put him in a basket uh, in, in the river and made the sister watch that basket to see who would pick up that basket. So that basket went from the river and Pharaoh's daughter picked up that basket. And that's mm. how Pharaoh adopted him. Pharaoh's daughter mm. adopted him as the son. So he grew up learning the way of the Egyptians and their mm. culture. Mm. And, 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 and so, so he grew up in Pharaoh's household. Um, but then, you know, one day he saw um, uh, an Egyptian uh, um, mistreating a Hebrew slave, and he took it upon himself to kill that Egyptian. And because of that, someone found out, so he ran away. Right, mm. he ran away, and eventually, he you know he he got married in a in a, in a foreign land that was not his home. And then mm. one day, as he was tending his uh, father-in-law's uh, sheep, he came across a burning bush. And then mm. in the burning the burning bush, right. There was a voice in the burning bush that called out to him and says, "You go on this mission." I guess if you watch the movie, you know the story. So, so, so then, then if you read the actual um, events that happened in in the Bible, right, you realize that okay, God called him, and then he said his first response was, "Oh, can you call someone else, ask someone Mm. else to do this job because I, I, I'm not a very well-spoken person."
2: Mm.
1: So he wanted to assign this role to someone else, you know. But mm. he was chosen the most unlikely person um, uh, that was chosen. And mm. he wasn't much of a person, right? He wasn't the most talented person. He was just tending shit at that time. But he was the person that this whole story was made of. I mean, mm. when you read, uh, there's an entire chapter in the, in the Bible that was written about this guy named Moses. And he mm. was the one that led his people out of Egypt into a new land and the Red Sea parted and all these miracles happened. Um, and, but he was just an ordinary person. Mm-hmm. And I find that it's so inspiring because an, an ordinary, unlikely person, an introvert that doesn't have the gift of get mm-hmm. can be one of the greatest people um, that people will talk about in time to come. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means that it's not just the qualified people or the super talented people um, that make it in life there mm. is hope for the unknowns there is hope mm. for the people that are seemingly invisible you know so so that kind of encourages me because I a lot of times I feel that very insignificant mm. um, but when we are invisible I guess you know when we have nothing then that is our greatest asset right our nothingness so mm. that, that, that just mm. helps remind me that's all
0: <laughs> okay <laughs> uh. Uh next question. Uh what object have you purchased in the last twelve months that cost less than a thousand ringgit that has a tremendous positive impact on you or your life?
1: Less than a thousand ringgit. Hmm. I don't think I've spent more than a thousand ringgit on anything. I don't I think anything.
0: Yeah, I limit it to a thousand ringgit because I, when I used to ask this question, most people would just say it's your phone. <laughs> so oh, I didn't buy yeah. a phone
1: this year. Oh, okay, <laughs> but, congratulations. But yes, um, uh, if it's like within the last. Two years, then yes, ask yes, my phone be the most uh, expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for Apple to release the. the oh, they are. Soup. They are <laughs> <laughs> I, My laptop is failing because my spacebar is gone. Uh, oh, the okay. keys are all yeah. So 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 I'm just waiting.
0: <laughs> right. Uh yeah. So did, did is there anything that you bought that's been very useful to you recently? That's not your phone. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I don't know my. Annual subscription to Scribe, <laughs> the, book, uh, the, the book, the digital, uh, uh, the digital book, uh, uh, C-R-I-B-D, Scribe.
2: Right, right. I see so like familiar. A, what what yeah, is so that again? It's like
1: digital books. You have unlimited number of books you can read, um, uh, white papers, uh, books, oh. uh, audio books.
0: Oh, is that right? So, oh, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's great. Um, oh, I'm going to check it out. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Right. Scribe. Yeah. Uh, If you could make a video go viral and the video carried a message that's important to you, what would that message be?
1: You're not alone. Maybe not.
0: Not. Maybe. Okay. You're not alone.
1: You're not alone in this struggle. I don't know. I don't know how to Mm. tailor that, but Mm. I think um, um, because um, suffering can make you seem like you're isolated. From everyone else, especially now with Instagram and on social media, when you open social media on a bad day, you mm. will feel even more depressed because you like wonder, what is everybody doing that I'm not doing right, you know. Mm. Mm. So um, I guess it's 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 being able to connect with someone that says, um, "I've gone through what you've gone through. Mm. Uh, you're not an isolated case," mm. um, and basically. You're not alone, and because you're not alone, no you're loved, you are enough, I okay. guess.
0: Nice. What's a skill that you have uh, which other people might find surprising, but's it been very useful to you?
1: <gasps> don't have many <laughs> skills.: <laughs>
0: I'm sure that's not true.:
1: No, <laughs> well, I don't <guess> have many skills. <laughs> Maybe I'm a good listener. <laughs> yeah,
0: good listener? Oh, that's good. That is a skill though. A very underrated skill.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't know. Um, I like to see things from different perspectives. So mm. sometimes I think maybe um, helping people people to see a a different angle, a different perspective, Mm. uh, prompting them, not helping them or prompting them. Because I, you know, sometimes when you ask the right questions, you know, ask people questions, then you get people thinking. And and I think when we use our brain a little bit more than our emotions, then (laughs) we will be less stressed. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Uh,
0: last two questions. What's a favorite hangout spot in KL?
1: Um, I hardly go out, especially now with MCU uh, mm. after that. Um, favorite spot? I, hmm. oh, caught me on that one. <laughs> hey, well, you don't um, really
2: go out. Oh, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, I um haven't been. Now I guess anywhere there's good food. I'm a foodie, so
0: a foodie. Oh, nice. Where
1: where is your favorite spot? yeah Right, where to head. Oh,
0: right, right. Um, well, I I I live in like the Moncara area. Okay. So I tend to be around there, like monkara then like Hatamas kind of area. But I don't go to anywhere fancy. it's like a you might catch me in like a Starbucks in Hatamas. That's a very old Starbucks. That's
1: fancy. That's fancy. Is that, is that That's fancy? a very fancy coffee, oh.
0: okay? <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, I think it's one of the oldest Starbucks in Malaysia, if I'm not mistaken. It's been there for really? a long time. I think so. Yeah, the, yeah, one the one in
1: at, at the, uh, the Square, is it?
0: Uh, it's like yeah, is it is that it's near the police station. Oh
1: okay,
0: okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, so like so okay. catch me there sometimes. Like
1: Okay, uh, if I want to stop you then I go oh, there <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well you know, you, you know the, it's by coincidence with someone there like, yeah, like. So anyway, so so not, nothing too fancy, something like that. Uh but I'm always very curious where people are. That that's all. Yeah. Uh,
1: well, well if you I guess the place I would hang out the most I spend more time if I'm out. Is in the grocery store. Right. <laughs> I love grocery right. shopping. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I forgot you're in like a family mode now, right? Grocery. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: an introvert, so introvert. Yeah, is introvert. introvert. <laughs>
0: okay. um, what does, last question. So what does the word success mean to you? Um, I
1: think success is, contentment um, and um, one thing uh, I think to me, I mean I used to admire people with who had things that I didn't have, luxuries, conveniences of life, um, achievements that I didn't have. Um, but then I realised I didn't have that inner peace because I was always disgruntled about what I could have had but because you know regrets right so I realized now that you know success is being able to breathe your last breath to know that when you breathe your last breath today that you would have left this earth um, being able to say that it's finished in a way that you have exhausted every resource that was entrusted to you. Uh, you have left no stones unturned. You've lost no one. And you live without no regrets. Mm. To me, that is success. That
2: mm.
1: if you take me away today, I will be able to leave a happy person. Mm. Um, so, I guess Chasing that point makes more sense to me now than my previous definition of success. Like, it was a my previous definition of success was a moving target because being financially free, being able to do this and that, and so all these things really didn't, to me I guess didn't really doesn't to me now. Really, I realize it doesn't really matter because I've invested so much in this life. I always ask myself, what happens next, right? Because this lifetime of mine is like, what, 80, 90 years? And then for those people that believe in life after, right, it's like eternity, you know? Have I actually invested anything in that life? So if I haven't, then should I expect to live a good life after that? Um, It got me worried because I wasn't scared of dying. And like, what happens and it's like 90 years I can suffer but suffering for the next eternity Mm. is even more scary so Mm. I want to start investing in what's next after but to me success is being able to end this chapter and start the next chapter with no regrets and being able to if someone had after I die someone you know list down all the things I've done didn't do or I want to be able to stand there like you know in front of a judge right to be unashamed Mm. to be confident to be blameless in whatever way I can um to be ready for that time so yeah to me that is success
0: Mm. nice that's very beautiful actually very poetic and and I suppose um it's basically like yeah you have like kind of get to the point where you're at peace. Right.
2: Yeah. And then,
0: right. Mm-hmm. And then anytime, even if like, yeah, you, you, you had to leave, you know, you know, if you, 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 you there's nothing else that you wanted anyway, but it's yeah. all good. Um, yeah, I love that. Thank thank you so much for this conversation, Hannah. I really loved it. You're a very, very fascinating personality. <laughs> like, you know, very, very, like I would have I would have loved to have met the 16 year old you, you <laughs> climbed out the wall, you know, <laughs> and ran away from home. And, and that life that you've kind of built, uh, like it's so, um, it, it, you seem like the kind of person that, cause you, you dabbled into like tech for a while, right? You went into like software and then you went into entertainment and, and you seem to be a very, um, someone that can adapt very fast. And dead. you have the kind of spirit that is uh, very driven you know Like That's good uh, I, I love to see that uh, And despite all the, the The challenges That you face Like you talk about Your time in Japan And all the, the Personal issues That you were facing at the time And to come out Looking at it With such a positive light I think it's really amazing Yeah
2: You're very kind um, <laughs> uh,
0: You are So So um, Thank you again very much. Thank you so and, much. Uh, yeah, maybe uh, one day I might, perhaps I might bump into you in a grocery shop or something. <laughs> <laughs> I go to, I go to <laughs> uh, Okay,
2: thank you. Yeah. Okay, thank bye. you so much.
1: Uh. Bye, okay, thanks. take bye.
2: care. Bye. bye. Yeah.
0: Thank you for listening to the Hello Mentor podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, do hit that subscribe button whether you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you're trying to have a great career, or if you want to succeed in business, um, you will benefit from really, really getting to learn from some of the most inspiring people in Malaysia. And hopefully, you can replicate some of that success yourself. Uh, We have many, many more amazing people joining us soon. And we expect to release an episode once every two weeks. So again do hit that subscribe button to our podcast and you will be notified when the next episode is up. Also, this podcast is supported by WAP, the leading professional youth jobs platform in Malaysia. So if you're looking to hire great talent or if you're looking for a new job, do also check us out at wopjobs.com. That's W-O-B-B jobs.com. Thank you again and I look forward to to share the next episode with you soon.